What's up? Welcome back to the Pack Center Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything Nevada Athletics, episode 146. I am your host, Matt Hannifin. I'm here with my co-host, Isaiah Bros. Isaiah, what's going on? It's another day in paradise. That's how I'm taking it. Nevada got eliminated from the Mountain West Tournament. Do you paradise. consider that paradise? Yeah, paradise. All right, uh, that'll be it. Uh, see you next week. Yeah, as simple as that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But anyways, Isaiah, I'm giving you approximately 25 seconds to tell me what happened this week. Go. Uh, a lot. You know what? A little bit, but a lot, if that makes sense. So obviously, since we've talked in the last podcast, I think my, are my 25 seconds already up? Yeah, I mean, you're getting yeah, close. I've you better hurry up, dude. About, I've just been talking about a lot. But we got Nicola Otter finishing 16th in the pentathlon. The I think your time's championships. Once again, just want to give her a shout out. You're over your time limit. Am I already? I've only gone through one. Nevada, <laughs> base, <laughs> Nevada baseball. Nah, you, you, I'll give you more than 25 seconds. But uh, what happened this week in uh, spring sports? I mean, we'll get to Nevada basketball and we'll get to like a little bit of NCAA tournament talk later. But um, what happened with the other Wolfpack sports this week? I mean, it was a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Kind of like an even mix. But uh, in our weekly spring sports recap. Softball did not play this weekend due to COVID-19 protocols once again. Just got to get that season back on. Like, Let's get it back. They were on fire to start the year off to a good start. Want to see them return. But obviously a lot of that's out of their control. So just want to keep you updated on that front. Volleyball got swept against Boise State. Unfortunately, they lost all six sets and now dropped to 3-9 and nine on the year. Men's tennis had one of its best weekends of the season. They went 2-1 and one in the Golden Gate Invitational with two close wins against New Mexico State and St. Mary's on Friday and Sunday. And then they lost to San Francisco on Saturday. But they're now 3-4 and four in the season after losing its first three games of the season. Women's tennis won its only scheduled game of the weekend versus Sacramento State. And their game on Thursday against UC Davis was unfortunately postponed. I couldn't find a reason why like, yeah i tried I to dig it up and it was it yeah. was just like oh yeah this is postponed like uc davis i mean i don't think anyone's allowed at their games because of health and safety protocols but they've hurt i think they've had a couple of home games this year already if like i correct me if i'm wrong there but it was i thought it was pretty strange i couldn't figure i couldn't figure out why i don't think nevada or uc davis tennis put anything out on that but anyways that's beside the point yeah i was thinking maybe it was weather but no it's not it, it, it could have been it could have been it could have been but then i think they would have maybe done it the next day but nevada also had another game against sacramento state yeah. so uh, either way i mean beat sacramento state five to two got the win one of the high points of the weekend was victoria gailey of the nevada women's golf team she won her first event of the career during the byu classic now during the BYU Classic, the first round was canceled due to weather. So third it, round. The third round. I'm sorry. My apologies. The third round was scheduled to originally be played for Tuesday, but it was canceled. So only two rounds were completed. But with that being said, Gailey took it and just absolutely dominated the event. She finished four under par right for first place. Second place finisher was Jack Galloway, Jackie Galloway. The only two players to finish 85 under par, and thanks to Gailey's strong finish to the day, Nevada as a team finished third place in the 14-team field at 24 over par. So, Victoria Gailey, big shout-out. Congrats on the first career win, and that was, like, one of the highlights of the Spring Sports Recap. Wow. Spring Sports Weekly Recap. Let's let's do that back. W's and the R's getting getting confused right there, but that was one of the highlights of the Weekly Spring Sports Recap. 
I'm going to transition over to baseball real quick. Nevada baseball had a tough slate against USC. They dropped all three games. Um, I mean, three to one. Tough, tough yeah. kind of a weekend, especially with the walk-off in the second game. I mean, they were, again, tied 3-3 heading into the ninth. It just fell apart. Yeah. No, absolutely fell apart. I mean, they lost game one, three to one, five two, five four game two, and then seven to two game three. I mean, talking with Coach T.J. Bruce a couple days ago, I mean, he really did say, and I think he hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, we're we're just a couple things away from these losses turning into wins. You know, maybe a couple hits, maybe a couple effective outings, a couple you know clean innings away from really taking a couple series away from UNLV and USC for that matter. So overall, you know, you're seeing some inconsistencies right now, especially offensively. You'll see the team explode for 14-plus hits and 12-plus runs and then not being able to scrape together much offense in the next continuous series. So, Like this series. I mean, there was a couple yeah. players. I mean, Strom had, a, a, like, a couple good games. Dario Gomez has been spectacular this year. But other than that, there hasn't been much consistency throughout the lineup. No, definitely, and you hit it. I mean, Dario Gomez, I think in every game this year he's had at least one hit, and I know he's leading the team in multi-hit games to this point. He's been absolutely tremendous. What an addition to the team, and, you know, some solid pitching performances as well. I know Jake Jackson went five innings with two earned, one walk and one strikeout in game one. Owen Scharch struggled a little bit, five and, a two, five and two-thirds, three hits, three earned, five walks and eight strikeouts. Continues to show that strikeout stuff while he's one of the notable draft prospects hitting in a 2021, but... Overall, just need to find some more consistency, and especially during this non-conference slate. So something to keep an eye on for sure. But overall, I mean, Victoria Gailey, once again, big, big optimism, big positive end to kind of an up-and-down weekend for Nevada Spring Sports. Guess Gomez's stat line right now. <sighs> like like uh, batting average on base and slugging? Or just batting average? like Bat- Just go batting average on base and OPS, I mean. Okay, I'm Just a batting guess. average. He's got to be about three forty four on base, four thirty. I'm gonna have like about an on base of about four thirty six and an OPS of like nine eighteen. You were close on the on base. Was Let I me close just read it to you. Yeah. Um, he has a slash line of four on, or he's hitting four oh nine with an on base of four twenty two and slugging seven fifty. So his OPS comes wow. down to one point one seven two. It's been killing it. That was he's he's been absolutely tremendous. Been one of the most potent offensive forces to this point. He's been awesome. Leads the team in OPS. I mean, I don't think that goes without saying, but um, I know in a much smaller sample, Dawson Martin has over a thousand OPS too. But he's only played a few games compared to Gomez playing um, all eleven. Yeah, no. I mean, he's been spectacular. Jacob Stinson's been pretty solid this year. Dylan Strum um, has been, again, one of Nevada's better power bats, but Gomez has really solidified himself in that in the meat of the order. Yeah, definitely. It's just, as a whole right now, being able to find all four of them and trying to find that consistency at the plate right now. You saw the team really get out to a hot start offensively, coping with some dominant outings on the mound. I think the two need to just come together again, and I think it has what it takes to do so. And as always, with softball potentially coming back, we're returning, and baseball being played at the moment. Just something to keep an eye on for certain. I really do think this team has what it takes to improve. I think it has the talent in place, and especially on paper, I think we've seen it to this point. It's just, just kind of needs to come together. A few things need to break, and a few things need to perform well in their favor as well. It looks like we're pitching better than we were last year, at least through these first uh, 11 games. 
of this season because um, last year the pitching was not great. The hitting was atrocious. I mean, the hitting still hasn't picked up where you would want it to be, but it's. I think there's going to. I think there's improvements, especially from last year, noticeable improvements, and hopefully it's just something that we could build on as the season goes on. Most definitely. Let's jump into some Nevada basketball. First, we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. And we are back. Nevada basketball has been eliminated from the Mountain West tournament. They beat Boise State in the quarterfinal round. You and I are both wrong there. Love to be wrong. But, unfortunately, Nevada could not get past San Diego State. They lost the game 77-70 after beating Boise State 89-82. The 89 points was tied a season high. Um, But, I mean, I don't want to speculate – I mean, the, the the announcers were hammering it in um, the San Diego State game, but this team just looked gassed, man. Like, yeah. I mean, Grant did not look like the Grant he did in the first game. Or he did not look like he did in the first game. Des was okay. It just, the offense just wasn't clicking. I mean, we were still battling, and we were still, like, we were still kind of hanging in there throughout the game. But it's like we couldn't get, we couldn't cut it past six. I mean, there was couple times late in the game i remember one specific play where i believe it was trey who was wide open known within a mile away uh with a three in the corner like probably with a couple minutes left to cut it to within five and just he back ribbed in and it was like man if that would have fell that would have like really put the momentum in our favor but it was just like it almost takes the wins out of your sales i mean i know there's still a few minutes left in the game so i mean there's still time to make up ground but san diego state they're super physical. Um, they wore us down throughout the game. Nevada did get to the line a lot, and that was one of our only means of scoring was getting to the line. I mean, we shot over 30 free throws, and Nevada's been exceptional all year at getting to the free throw line. I mean, I believe we're, I, I believe we're top 40 in the nation in just free throw rate and drawing those fouls in a large part due to that is Grant and Dez and Warren and just all the guys down low just doing work and doing a great job of drawing fouls. But, I mean, if that's your only way – if that's your only means of production, you're not going to win a lot of games. Yeah. Credit SDSU, too. Deep team. You could tell they were refreshed in a way, like you said. I mean, they, and they, they, at the same time, they were also coming off a hard game yeah. against – Wyoming. Wyoming, which they almost lost. I mean, imagine, imagine what would have happened there. But I thought – you know, considering how close that Wyoming matchup was, I, I th- gosh, maybe I just thought SDSU was going to come out a little bit slower at points, and that was not the case whatsoever. And to Nevada's credit, they stayed in there with, you know, the physical play they've continued to showcase all season. But sometimes not having those timely baskets late and not getting those stops when you need them can really bite you at points, and I think that's what happened during the semifinal round. But overall... I mean, another season that, you know, really was above expectations in so many ways, considering the preseason outlook, the preseason poll, where Nevada was, you know, expected to finish heading into the year. I think well, this I think is back. Sixth. Like yeah, that. I mean, this is back-to-back seasons of Nevada. You know, not not beating the odds by any means, but just, you know, um, outperforming expectations. Thank you. Yeah, perfectly. I mean, just outperforming expectations and. Every facet, and you know, I know we're going to get into some a notable piece potentially who could be joining an, our team come 
next season. But 2021 looks so bright right now. And I think, you know, some of the national media and I think Nevada in itself is putting on a show just to how bright and how good this team can be heading into next season if the pieces fall into place. You know, we don't have any departures or everyone stays well, healthy in that matter as well. We'll get into a little bit. We're going to have departures, but um, no, I do agree. <laughs> I think it was uh, Austin, shout out Austin, um, who had a tweet after the game who was just like, yeah, this was pretty good for a quote-unquote rebuilding year. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Nevada was a top five team in the Mountain West, and people were picking them to win the Mountain West tournament. I mean, I know it, it was it was it was a long shot for sure. I mean, I wrote something on whether they could make a run or not, but I mean, there was announcers in the uh, in the Boise State game just being like, "Yeah, like Nevada can win this tournament." And we're just like, "Wait, what? Like this game isn't even over yet." Um, of course, they did advance, but they lost to San Diego State in the semifinals. But it's like this was a good team that Nevada had. And, I think there was a lot of players, Grant especially, who outperformed expectations this year. And um, if everything, as you said, could just fall into place, I mean, you got a couple new transfers. We'll talk about this, that situation in a little bit, but we got a couple new transfers, Addison Patterson and Will Baker coming in, um, who could make a, another strong impact for this team next year. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, for potentially, you know, back to back seasons of this is, hey, a rebuilding year, you know, because that was kind of the same thing coming into you know, two years ago, the 2019-2020 season where so many departures, a lot of question marks surrounding who is going to be where. And once again, Nevada outperformed expectations in back-to-back seasons. So credit coach Alford, the rest of the Nevada coaching staff for really putting the pieces in place, putting together a solidified future with a lot of talent coming into 2021. I mean, considering just how potent and how hard this team played this season, with some more added talent that, you know, obviously we're going to be getting into sometime in the near future and at nauseum in a way. I mean, the sky could be, the sky's the limit. Yeah. I mean, we there's already buzz going on that this team could be nationally ranked heading into next year. I would slow the roll I'm down a little bit. I'm tempering my expectations yeah. for that. I would slow it down a little bit in that regard, especially, but just shows you just how, you know, how quickly and how how much this team has at least stayed, can you say, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Consistently stayed, yeah, good? Cons- yeah, consistently good. Stayed competitive mm-hmm. despite some of the departures. I mean, obviously, this isn't the Martin Twins campaign where we're making the NCAA tournament and making a deep run. It's it's not like that yet, but it's definitely something where we haven't fallen into the depths of the conference whatsoever. We're still making an impact and still showcasing what we're able to do so that's always a positive point in my mind yeah i remember right in the off season uh just the the amount of production that was lost between when Musk left and heading into the 2019-20 season and the end of the 2019-20 season heading into this i was and i i think i said like this is one of alford's biggest challenges because i mean the amount of production loss i mean at least in alford's first year he was still getting lindsey drew back you still getting Jazz Johnson back, who was the reigning six man of the year at the time. You still getting Nizre Zuzwa back. You got Jalen Harris. I mean, there was there was a lot of like still quality pieces from those Must teams. I mean, I know Jalen Harris didn't play in Musts last year because he had to sit out due to a transfer eligibility, but it was still like he still had a, a bevy of talent coming back. I mean, heading into this year, I mean, those four players that I just mentioned left: Jean Carlos Reyes, who 
kind of sort of made it a little bit of an impact, not a lot, but he left. Um, Zane Meeks was our leading scorer heading into this year. Robbie Robinson, like, was our lone starter. I mean, he didn't start, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, but he was, like, he was one of our, like, better players coming back. I mean, there was just a lot of question marks. Um, we didn't know how good Grant was going to be. Obviously, he's been remarkable all year, first team all Matt and West candidate or nominee. Desmond Cambridge, who I thought was going to be the best player this year, or at least heading into the year, he's he was um, – I, do you want to say, I, I think I heard someone say this, but he was like the Batman, the two Batmans. No Batman and Robin. I feel like I've written their Batman and Robin before, but there's two Batmans. They've, been, they've both been exceptional this year. Uh, Trey Coleman stepped up as a freshman piece. He just got thrown into a fire as a starter in the very first game of the season. Um, K.J. Himes had a good year. Warren Washington, as the year got on and as uh, as the year wore on, he was... He was much improved and he was very good. And so it's like Nevada had a bunch of pieces that were like quality pieces um, in hindsight. But like heading into this year, there were still question marks about the roster. And I think we can still see improvement upon Washington. I still think we can see improvement upon uh, Desmond. I still think there's improvement to see upon, of course, like Trey Coleman and uh, some of the freshman pieces like Alem Husenovich or like not a freshman, but Kane Millen. Um, there's just pieces that continue to grow as this roster um, or heading into next year um, as we're as we see who is on the roster for this uh, upcoming 2021-22 season yeah definitely I mean sky's the limit a lot of potential and you know talking about some new faces that could be potentially donning the silver and blue this year well, well hold on let's get into the Robbie news let's get into oh the- yeah Let's get into the Robbie news. Okay, so it came out yesterday that uh, Robbie Robinson um, has entered the NCAA transfer portal. I think we expect him to transfer. Robinson started 31 games last year. Or not, I mean, not. he started 31 games in Alford's first year. I'm just going to say that. That's um, 2019. Yeah, 2019-20 season. Um, He, his playing time and his role just kind of diminished on the roster this year. Um, he played in 24 games, uh, just three starts. He only averaged a point a game, uh, th- just over three rebounds a game. He only averaged 12 minutes a game this last year compared to 19 as a starter in, uh, two years ago. It was it was a rough year, and I mean, I didn't expect his role to diminish that much. I mean, I expected with Warren uh, manning the center spot, and with I think Zane and Warren, like when they did play, they worked out really well. They were that was a good uh complimentary front court for this team. But his role diminished. Nevada had fifteen scholarships heading in is heading into the offseason. Nevada had fifteen scholarships, two more than the NCAA's maximum limit of thirteen. And so there's one more who has to get cut or who has to have their scholarship taken away from him or who has to transfer. Because we do have, again, as I mentioned, we do have Addison Patterson and Will Baker coming in the door. And so they're going to take up two scholarships. I mean, I don't – who do you – here's the question I have for you. Who do you think best prediction or or you can go most likely candidate. Who do you think is going to – Who's that next player? If you were to – you could have a couple players, but who is your next one? I was talking about this with my dad the other day, but I'll say I'll save it with yeah, you. No, go ahead. If you want to go first, I mean – 
the funny thing was I actually was when I was talking about it I kind of mentioned Robbie as kind of a long shot because I was like Robbie's role diminished but I don't know if he's actually going to leave lo and behold he is entering the transfer portal I expect him to transfer when it's all said and done I had a couple guys on my list um and by the way for the listeners out there this is all speculatory like we don't know we don't we don't know what these players are thinking or who wants to leave or whatever. We're just best predicting it. Um, this one's kind of a shocker, and I don't think you're going to agree with this, but a lem. Yeah. I, th- I mean, it has to. He's well, a freshman, so, I mean, yeah. it's hard to say a freshman's going to transfer. But it's got to be someone. And I think with Addison Patterson, I mean, his minutes are going to get his minutes, the, the the very limited minutes that he did play, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of room for that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a viable option. I just, I'd hate to see that because you saw... I ha- I hate to see any of these guys yeah, get their scholarships uh, taken away or transfer away. We wish the but, best of, by the way, we wish the best of Robbie yeah, Robinson he was, I mean, in his future endeavors. As we as you and I like to call him on the podcast, Robbie Rebounds. Dude um, he seemed rebound. like when he was in the game, he was a, he was a pretty solid uh, wing defender. And he would, and he was pretty good on the glass. But um, his role was definitely, I would say, limited. Especially and, this year. And it just kind of diminished. Um, I mean, there were spots where he was really good, but there was other times where he just wouldn't see the floor at all, or in very in a very small sample. Um. But yeah. Yeah. No, I mean. Who's yours? I mean, I uh, here you go, you go Fun, next, and I'll funny give you enough, Alem was someone. I just didn't know if I had the guts to like, not the guts, but just like being that he is a freshman in a way, a lot more opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, is Christian Corsall? Is he? He's walk on. Is he a walk on? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just, I was thinking it has to be one. I was thinking potentially Daniel Foster. Okay. But then again. He was would, good I, at the stretch. He was, that's or, what he I was, he, was, he, was he, he was also a player who you saw improvement um, as, he, as he got more playing time. I mean, he was getting pretty important minutes in uh, the final stretch of the season. And that's what I was going to say. As soon as – because obviously due to the injury, we didn't see a lot of him this year. But as soon as he was healthy, he was thrusted into some serious PT. So I think that kind of gives a direction of what his role can be going forward. I don't see him – you know, getting his scholarship taken away by any means for that reason. But like you said, I mean, this team is, it's got a lot of talented pieces. You this don't is... just want to, you're going to have to, and this is not by any means mean. It's just like, you're going to have to cut ties somewhere else. Or so. someone transfers. Or someone that transfers. I think that's probably the best possible. I don't yeah. ever want to hear um, a scholarship getting cut. And this is a very, if Alford does have to do it, this is a very tough decision and it's yeah. a very hard decision for him to make. And a lot of it, you know, a lot of it has to do with the work he put into it over these past two years to put some of these pieces in place. And now all of a sudden with so much more added talent and experience coming into 2021, all of a sudden, some of that future you envisioned for the program, sometimes some of those pieces have to leave for, you know, certain reasons to not only better sustain yourself for the future, but for the present as well. So Overall, I mean, I can see a lamb in a way, but ah, uh, I just hate saying it's one of the one of the freshmen. I just hate saying it's anyone. But anyway, yeah. do you want to you want me to hear my next guy? Yeah, let's hear it. Kane. So he is one. But you, I just think with Kane, 
just because we we don't have that viable ball handler outside of Dez and Grant that we've seen this year, at least with Kane. I know he has his offensive limitations, but at least we know he can at least con- you know command the offense and at least take control of it at points. And you saw with Kane's role, at least you saw him really, you know, be that viable third scorer on some occasions. Mm-hmm. And some of his scoring outputs really helped us put us over the top in some games. So I just think, I just think Addison's going to cut into that. And what's this role of Addison Patterson really going to be? That's I, why I was thinking it was going to be more of a wink player like a Foster, I, maybe like LM. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But at the same time, I mean, don't, don't underestimate know. the ability yeah. of Addison Patterson. The kid yeah. could put the ball on the floor and score. And yeah, that could see, cut into Kane's Milling, Kane Milling's time at the same I think. Yeah, I think Addison could also be that kind of secondary ball handler in the bench unit if he is starting on the bench. That's just really tough. <sighs> it's tough, man. Like the it is. Has to be one of Do you them. see any of the big guys? I mean, I don't see it with KJ. I don't see it with Zane, especially not with Zane, just because of how much he spaces the floor. Do you I don't think see it with KJ? I mean, I, Warren. This is no. some. The, no. This is a tough conversation to have, of course, obviously. But do you think Zane gets his scholarship removed because of his knees? I certainly hope not. That would suck, uh, man. But, I mean, gosh, that's just. A, do you see a possibility? I think any in a hard hitting yeah, journalism but, question. Do you yeah, see a possibility? Maybe. This is a tough topic, man. I think a lot of it too is as we're going to talk about. There's this potential player who's narrowed his options down, and he's another front court presence for us. And if he joins, he'll be no. It, the guy that we're talking, he's going to be wing. He's not. But then again, you may have to cut some more ties in your front court just to. Right. Right. That's the toughest part. So you're trying to put him, fit him to the into the equation as well. And here's another name. DeAndre Henry. I was gonna say DeAndre Henry, but then again, it's just another one of these freshmen who, right, were getting burned at some point this season. And I think with all three of them, meaning Husenovich, Foster, and DeAndre Henry, especially Trey Coleman, like Trey Coleman's fine. But in a way, it's just all four of these freshmen this year. I think you saw some some bits of talent and reasons why Alfred was at least confident throwing him out there at some point in the season. So, This is just a personal opinion, but I think it's more realistic that these guys transfer. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you then know, a better opportunity for them, too. So, Oh, for sure. That's like that's like that glass half full perspective of it. And it's like, oh, it's good to see these guys like flourish elsewhere, like Josh Hall. It was good to see Josh Hall when he did transfer – um, when he was a role player on uh, that 2018 Sweet 16 team. Um, or, he, I mean, he was a key PC that had that shot against Cincinnati, but um, that's it's good to see him, like, doing things over um, at Cal State Fullerton. I mean, I know he did transfer to Missouri State, but then he transferred to Cal State Fullerton. But it's good to see him um, having success elsewhere. I mean, that's just, I guess that's just the silver lining with these things. I mean, it's its tough, man. I don't like having this conversation because I don't want to think about any of these guys potentially having their scholarship to move where they work so hard to get it um, or having to see them transfer and play elsewhere. But at least they're able to have success while um, these new players do come in because, I mean, someone's going to have to transfer, man. Yeah, it's a conversation you need to have. But, yeah, I mean, it's... 
I don't think it's going to be any of the big names. No, I don't. I think I'm with you there. But you know, at the same time, could be one of the freshmen. Could be someone like Kane Milling. It's just, you know, it's something you you just have to do because you're getting a lot more talent infused into your program. It's I hate saying it, it's like a good problem to have in a way. It hurts, but it's it a is good to problem. an extent. It is, yeah. But yeah, I mean, actually, no, I'll, I'll stand corrected. I mean, it's a good problem to have depth, but it's not a good problem, or at least just us as people talking about it, it's not good to think about a guy having his scholarship removed. Yeah. Like no, that's, that's not the hurtful that's, part. That's not a good problem to have. A good problem to have is having 13 guys who were, can step on the floor at any time, or at least close to 13 guys who can provide tep- depth and a uh, talent throughout the roster and can uh, flourish when they're on the floor together. That's a good problem to have. Which Nevada, to an extent, did have this year. I mean, I mean, again, we're probably going to talk about it uh, later, but um, or in the coming weeks. But I mean, it was uh, Nevada need to have at least one of Grant or Desmond on the floor at all times, um, throughout most of the season. I mean, you could argue if that's a good problem to have or not. Um, but yes, it's a good problem to have depth. It's a bad problem to talk about. Hey, who is going to get cut or who is going to, um transfer away yeah i'd like to think about it them more as transferring away than just getting their scholarship removed because that means that means they're keeping their scholarship at another program but still yeah no it's 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 a good and a bad thing but i mean if you want to look on the optimistic point of things we are in contention for yet another piece to this puzzle for the 2021 season you want to get into that yeah yeah we got uh, there it came out yesterday that uh, robert morris guard aj bramaha I think that's what AJ Brahma. Brahma. I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna call him AJ. Yo, Brahma. <laughs> Anyways, Robert Moore transfer. Robert Morris transfer, AJ Brahma, has dwindled his three teams down. Or he his final three candidates of choosing. Um St. Bonaventure, Western Kentucky, and Nevada was one of them. He averaged twenty one points, ten rebounds last year. Somehow didn't make an all-conference team, but he played in just, tw- in just 12 of the team's 19 games. Um, obviously, he was very productive in those games. He also averaged a steal and a half a game. One and a half assists, too. Um, Robert Morris was bad this year, man. They were 4-15, and 3-12 uh, and 12 in conference play. Um, when they were in the Northeastern Conference, he in two years ago, he was an all-NEC uh, Mem- team member um, averaged 14 a game with nearly 10 rebounds. I mean, he's he was a very productive guard on the offensive glass and in the scoring department. I mean, he's not much of a floor spacer. He gets a lot of his uh, uh, his his points from inside the inside uh, the arc and specifically around the rim. But he's still like he was still a quality piece and he still was a very productive piece when he was at Robert Morris. So, I mean, if Nevada add, adds him to the roster, there's going to be two more players they're going to have to get their scholarships removed. Yep. Just another piece of this puzzle, but you know, obviously he's got a he's got one of three options to choose from. But hopefully, it is Nevada because he's he could be another impactful presence on the wing. He's got some nice scoring touch and knows how to get to the paint <laughs> pretty effectively. He's got a good quick first step and some good athleticism to him. So and just strong. I'm 
coach. He, he could be a force for us. You know, he's just another, you know, I know at points we've talked about, hey, Nevada's lacked a consistent third score this season. You know, he has the potential to be one along with Addison Patterson. I mean, if Dez and Grant stay, holy crap, with the with the potential addition of Brahma, holy moly. I mean, that could be, that could be a serious offensive force in a lot of ways. Yeah, 240 Sports had a quote of him saying why Nevada was one of his final three candidates, and it says, I've always been familiar with the program. I took a team visit up there back in high school, and I like the campus and facilities, and it's close to home. He is from California. Um, That's a disclaimer, but he is from California. And he also said, Coach Alford, uh, Coach B.I., I don't know what that, Coach B.I.L., Coach Bill, I don't I think someone messed up there on 247. But anyways, he said he says Coach Alford and Coach Bill <laughs> and I have a great relationship, and the pieces they're bringing back at, gives Nevada a shot to make a run in the tournament. And their style of play is something that I like. To be fair, when he, when it said coaches and relationships, and with the style of play, he said that for Nevada, Western Kentucky, and Saint Bonaventure. And so it's not like anything unique. But one thing that did stand out to me was he did visit this campus already. Um, he didn't, at least according to 247 Sports, he didn't disclose whether or not he visited Nevada or he visited St. Bonaventure or Western Kentucky. I'm assuming, given that he's played uh, two years already at Robert Morris, that he did visit Nevada when Musselman was in charge. Um, but he still, of course, built that relationship with Steve Alford. And so hopefully, I mean, hopefully if he if he does choose Nevada that we get to see that uh, further scoring production. And as we talked about, his ability to um, crash the boards on both ends, he'll be another 6-7 guard that that we could just plug into the three spot. Um, I wonder if Trey moves at the four then or what we're going to do with that. But it, that's, a, that's a conversation to have in the future if and when he does decide to choose. Nevada, but yeah, we'll see. Just another intriguing piece that I like is like his combination of tools. Yeah, but I mean, of course, he might not choose Nevada because of that scholarship. Uh, yeah, that scholarship deal. issue. I mean, that can because he does count towards the twenty twenty one twenty two uh, scholarship limit. So that means Nevada would get back up to fifteen scholarships, meaning they would have to. Two players would have to transfer, or two players would have to get their scholarships from a folk, and we're just going to have the same conversation over again, but with, two, with just two people, not just yeah. one. Then who really is it, right? Like that's yeah. Then you really have to find a couple candidates and say why, and that's always the tough part. You don't like doing that. You know, they've earned their spot in this team, like you said. They've earned that scholarship, and, you know, when you get such an infusion of talent and additions to programs, finding reasons to take that scholarship away and to not have a fit on your roster is always not an easy thing to do. And we're just talking about it. I couldn't imagine it being, you know, Alford and the rest of Nevada coaching staff for that matter, too. That must be a very difficult process and decision-making overall. It's being a collegiate athlete. It just, it's tough, isn't it's it? It's tough, man. I know. Much, much respect. Much respect to them. People come in, they're just being an athlete in general, like whether it's professionally or um, in college. I mean, People coming in and out, breathing down your neck, looking to take your spot, or in this case, your scholarship. Like, you kind of have to prove it. I I could just imagine the wear and tear and the stress on the players for that department, especially in this type of year. Um, Anyways, 
Isaiah, the NCAA tournament starts tomorrow. I don't know if you knew that. I mean, you did know that. But yeah. I'm just reminding you again for Excitement. the one billionth time. Excitement. Who do you think is going to win? I mean, oh, wait, hold on. Let me ask. Are you doing a bracket this year? I'm not. I'm not. You're not? Nope. You know, um, wow. fun facts with Isaiah, not the best at brackets. You know, I've had Seton Hall winning it all. I had SMU winning it all one year, and they lost in the first round. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm bold. I had Arizona winning it all when they had DeAndre Ayton, or at least making it to the Final Four. I don't think that's bold. I mean, I have to go back and look. Yeah, I think they lost in the Elite Eight, Sweet 16, one of the two. Yeah, it's it's difficult, you know. It's um, it's not my strong suit by any means. So I think this year I'm just going to watch some of the games and enjoy them. I really, like, I think this is when I was younger, like back in high school. I really would, like, just go just care sideways. so much about my bracket that it kind of, like, it's kind of ridiculous at points. So, I mean, I think we all do to an extent. Yeah, but no, it's it's always fun. I mean, how many brackets have you filled out this year? I'm doing six. Wow. Who do you have winning in some of them? Um, see, it's tough because a couple of them I do it like I compete with my my dad and my uncle, um, and my dad's friend. And we all kind of we we do we do it like a money pool, um, with like 100 150 people each year and it's like for those you kind of have to pick for some of them for some of the picks you kind of have to pick against the grain it's like if every let's say for this year for example if everyone's going to pick gonzaga to win it you kind of have to zag somewhere for your best shot at winning money and so i mean like illinois or michigan it may be michigan if they get livers back or um baylor you just kind of have to zag Arkansas when everyone zigs. Yeah. Um, but do you so have, I, I, yeah. I do, I don't think I have Gonzaga winning it in any of mine so far. I've only filled out three. I got to fill up the other three today before the tournament starts, but um, I don't think I have them. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't have them winning in any of mine. Do I think they're going to win the entire thing? Yes. Yeah. I can see why they're loaded. Yeah. Jalen Suggs is fun to watch too. Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert's awesome. One of the best pure shooters in the nation. Drew Timmy, another uh, All American candidate. Like they have, they're loaded, man. Andrew Nemhard, who, uh, <laughs> who was on that Florida team that beat Nevada uh, three years ago. Like they have Jay or Joel Ayayi. Um, he's a good like defender that they have that like no one necessarily talks about. He's at the guard he's at the guard spot i mean they have they have a lot of young pieces i mean they've won 23 straight games by double digits um they're 29 and 0 they're the last unbeaten team in the nation they're beating teams by over 20 points a game like this team is sensational i mean they and even in like the tough competition that they face like iowa or west virginia like they've beaten them pretty handedly like, yeah they're good they're really good so i do think they're gonna win it um, I would like to see kind of a Iowa Gonzaga rematch in the Elite Eight, and there's also some other matchups that I'm intrigued by, like the course of the Mountain West ones, uh, San Diego State and Syracuse. I'm interested between Matt Mitchell and Buddy Beheim. Um, I'm interested to see how uh, San Diego State's three-point shooting fares against Syracuse's zone. Um, I mean, I know it's been more their, their zone has been more penetrable this year, but um, they've been better of late. Um, of course, I'm interested between 
um, Arkansas, or excuse me, Utah State um, and Texas Tech. And the winner of that could potentially face Arkansas. So I think a fun little subplot would be Musselman versus Utah State. I would love to see that. Um, especially how everything after everything ended in 2019 with uh, remember that was the whole Caroline incident um, where he got super mad and I think like what was it punched a fire extinguisher or mm-hmm. punched glass or something like that I don't punch remember. glass inside of a fire extinguisher yeah I don't remember what I don't remember what happened or like if actual details came out of that situation um, but I remember it was pretty serious at the time when it happened especially given that Nevada just lost the game and that was Nevada and that was Musselman's last game versus Utah State so I'm sure. I don't think he would admit it, but I think that would linger on the back of his mind if they did beat Colgate in the first round. But, um, or I mean, again, Arkansas Colgate's another fun one. Two teams who love to score. I mean, Colgate's second in the nation in scoring. I believe Arkansas's within that uh, top twenty-five threshold too. So I mean, there's going to be a lot of points in that game. I I would imagine, um, even given how good Arkansas's been. But then again, like Colgate in the Patriot League, they've played fifteen games in the Patriot League, zero against anyone else. So how much are you gonna? Or how much are you willing gonna wait? Like, all right, Colgate's faced Army twice, Navy twice, um, all that. But then again, I think they were. I think they were like one possession away um, from being undefeated. Same with Winthrop. Winthrop lost by two points, I believe. I can't remember to who, but they could be twenty-four and zero right now. Now they're twenty-three and one in the twelve seed. So yeah, um, but, but it's gonna be enticing. But there's different like kind of individual games that I'm. I'm keeping my eye on. Um, also, again, another one that I'm keep, keeping my eye on is uh, we just talked about St. Bonaventure, but St. Bonaventure LSU. That could be good. Cam Thomas and Trenton Wofford versus that pretty solid St. Bonaventure defense. Um, that one's also kind of being talked about as like kind of a uh, an 8-9 upset. But, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for uh, NCAA tournament time. Especially yeah, since we, and thank God we have one again. So can, Definitely. Considering last there. year it was COVID-19 kind of. Put that away. Yeah. But no, it'll be exciting no matter what. Just having that this year. I'm expecting some fun buzzer beaters. Just some, you know, as always, you know, the March Madness vibes. Just close games, heart pumping. Hope your bracket stays alive in a lot of ways. And it's always fun. Are you rooting for Arkansas? I am. Yes. Yeah, let's go Arkansas. Let's go Muss. Well, yeah, let's go Muss. If Nevada fans are still upset about Eric Musselman leaving and how he left, like get over it. Yeah, it's three. That, that's now. my that's my uh, that's my public service announcement. Like get over it. Like times times passed. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really too upset with it at the time. I mean, I can understand how some Nevada fans were, but this guy's the best Nevada coach in Nevada basketball history. Time to at least not be super petty and. Um, at least give him some respect. Yeah, yeah, it's three years now. Yeah, it's time to time to move on. Please never do that again on this podcast. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, it's time. It's time to like move on. Like, come on. I mean, yeah, yeah. This guy led us to uh. A CBI, a CBI uh, tournament title and three NCAA tournaments. Again, the best coach in Nevada basketball history. Um, it's nice that he's getting success elsewhere when people really didn't think that he was going to, um, considering he came from Nevada. Um, but he's he is uh, 
blossomed over in Fayetteville, and I'm I'm rooting for him. Moses Moody, a lot of fun to watch. J J D Note, um, Justin Smith, Connor Vanover, like they're all pretty solid players over there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. No, they play hard. Got a lot of talent there at Arkansas, and like you said, I want them to go deep. I don't know if they are though. But. We'll see. You know, anything's up for grabs. I'm watching. I'm. I'm watching. I'm gonna be watching that Utah State, Texas Tech game, pretty closely. Mac McClung versus Nemius uh, Kata. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Did you ever watch Mac McClung? Like, did you ever see the Instagram highlights when he was in high school? The dunks. Yeah. And everything like that. Yeah. And you know what? He's. He's actually still a pretty good scorer still. Well, yeah, he's averaging, I believe, 16 a game this year. And, I mean, when he was at Georgetown, he was also averaging around 14, 15 a game um, for them. So, yeah, he's been he's been good. He's been real good. But, yeah, I'm still thinking – I still think Gonzaga wins it. Yeah. I'll say Gonzaga over Illinois. I like that. I like that pick. But, I mean, that's also, like, the popular pick. But when for I feel, good when I fill out my brackets, I don't think that's going to be my matchup. Um, just because I want to like win, and I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm thirty uh, second out of a uh, hundred people because I picked the same matchups as, as the thirty people in front of me. Yeah. Again, got to go against the green. Go against the green. Be bold. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Well, I mean, we're gonna. We're going to keep talking about the NCAA tournament. I hope you know that. Oh, yeah. Even if you're not doing a bracket. That's fine with you me. You should do one. We had, There's a day left. You can still do one. I'll probably do one. I'll I'll, I'll find one. Maybe I'll have a Utah State win at it all. Please. <laughs> or SDSU. Yeah, be my guest. Yeah. Just be out in the first two days. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I mean, that could happen. Remember with, like, the UMBC, like, Virginia thing. You never know. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Do you have anything else to add? No, sir. Just a quick shout out. Sister Jean. Please don't. You know, welcome back. <laughs> it is remarkable, though, that she, I think she is traveling with Loyola Chicago to Indiana, but yeah, please it is watch remarkable out. that she's still going to the games. That is cool, yeah. but. Just be careful. Be were safe. you Were you annoyed? I was. At it two years ago? I mean, I, I was kind of. Oh, yeah. Annoyed. Yeah, that spiel was over with, especially when they played Nevada. But it, I do believe it is cool. Yeah. No, it's good. But, it's always cool. Uh, yeah, as someone who followed Nevada, like that. Like it, and I was talking about this with my uncle the other day. It was annoying because we lost. If it was like Sister Jean to hype it up the entire tournament, and Nevada beat Loyola Chicago, I would have been fine with it because Nevada would have won in the end. It wouldn't have mattered. But like since Nevada lost and that was written until the final four, I mean, it kind of got a little annoying after a while. But because we lost in there, nothing against Sister Jean, but yeah, no, just. Enjoy it, Sister Jean. Yeah, do enjoy it. I mean, it is kind of weird to be in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> there was the video of, I think it was the press con- the first press conference where Musselman was saying that, like, some, I think it was one of the team managers, like, messed up his laundry. And so he's having to do, like, laundry in his sink. He was doing, he was using, like, soap. And I was like, what are you doing? And apparently, like, the Wi-Fi connection isn't great, according to him. He was like, yeah, my Twitter game isn't on point. Usually when it is, I have connection. And it was just like, man, like, it must be tough uh, living in that type of bubble environment, but it's what you got to do now. 
Yeah, definitely. The most mentally tough team is gonna. It's gonna fall through. Yeah. Or is gonna. It's gonna end win. Up going far. Well, we're gonna see. It's gonna be exciting. All right. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. Give us a five star rating. Uh, it's just, it sucks that Nevada basketball is eliminated and their season's over. No NIT tournament. No CBI tournament. Future for 2021-22 is looking bright. So we're going to have, uh, or we're going to at least try to have Austin and Tyler back on for Nevada basketball season. Eulogy will be getting pretty much everything from this year um, in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. Again, thank you for listening. See you next week.